and welcome to Guru Queens, the show about pushing the limits of life and stepping up to live with more meaning, more purpose, and more passion. I'm your host, Jessica Sun. I'd like to introduce Virla Van Tricht. Virla is an eye surgeon and the creator of the Burnout Resuscitation Program. Through her own experiences with burnout, she now helps professionals avoid burnout and bounce back from exhausted to excited. Welcome to the show, Viola. Thank you so much, Jessica, for giving me the opportunity to talk about this subject because it's my life mission to help as many people as possible to not have to go through burnout or to bounce back from burnout. Yeah, and I really want to start off with your own personal journey through burnout, navigating what that was like. Bring us back to that time where you really felt it coming on. Well, the first time I had burnout was actually as a medical student when I had to work 14 days and nights as a medical house officer. And the next day I had to write an exam and my body refused to move whatsoever. I couldn't even roll myself out of bed to go to the bathroom. I couldn't even speak. So it was really, really complete uh, and utter loss of energy and life power that I experienced for the first time when I was only in my 20s because I hadn't respected my body and my environment hadn't respected my need for sleep and rest either. So that luckily didn't last long because I had a very good GP who prescribed rest and lots of supplementation with minerals and, and all kinds of goodies he poured in me. So I came over that. But then the second time I hit burnout really badly was when I had my first child at the age of 35. And I was at the top of my career as a vitreo retinal surgeon. And I was like so doing so well in my career. And then suddenly this pregnancy came and I had all kinds of complications. I, had, I ended up in a wheelchair, but I was, still had to work. Because where I worked, they would only give me three weeks off and I had a complicated cesarean and I was not ready to go back to work after three weeks. But straight away, I had to be on call, come out of my, I could hold, hardly walk at that stage. Mm -hmm. So what was it like for me? It was just utter horror because I had always been this competitive, sportive person and suddenly my body wouldn't move fast anymore. I was completely exhausted physically, emotionally. I was traumatized to what had happened to me and suddenly I had to perform like before, but I couldn't. I could not even, like the walks that I had to do from my car to my clinic, I had to push my wheelchair up the ramp my, my colleagues started bullying me because I was so slow. I had to walk 10 meters from my office to the waiting room to get the next client. And it took me forever. Mm. <clears throat> so it, took, it was so horrible for me to accept that, oh my God, who am I? Who is this body? This is not what I'm used to. And then secondly, the torment of having to leave your baby behind, not having time to create a bond with your baby because straight away you have to leave your baby with a stranger uh, because your work demands you. And that was like, like breaking my heart also. So I had all these thoughts going in my head and beating myself up that I couldn't be the perfect surgeon anymore or doctor, that I couldn't be the perfect mother because I wasn't there. And I didn't have the stamina to be the perfect wife because I couldn't, I didn't have any energy left to have the perfect house anymore. 
And I started getting very irritable with my husband, who was perfect guy, but it was my, it was me and the burnout that made me so irritable, irritable and tired that I started snapping at him. So it was really hard for him also. And uh, I couldn't sleep anymore because I was tossing and turning about like, oh my God, I don't know what's happening here. Uh, I, I start hating, I'm not good at my work anymore, but I can't leave it because who's gonna pay for the bills? So that worry about like, I want to leave my job but I can't because we need the money. And then at the same time, hate starting to hate your job because you can't cope with it and I'm being bullied at work because you're not doing as well as before. That is the whole picture, I think, uh, where you physically and emotionally and mentally just spiral down in very, very low mood. And my problem for reaching people in burnout is that they have such low energy and such low mood, they're not like reaching out to me for help. And it's very frustrating because I have been there and for more than a year I was in a deep black hole. I saw lots of doctors and they all didn't know what was wrong with me. They tested me for all kinds of bacteria and tropical diseases and whatever. And they said like, I don't know what's wrong with you. I mean, the closest they ever came was chronic fatigue, but there was no solution for me. So I lost everything. After a year, I gave up my job. I lost my house. I moved countries. Luckily, my husband stuck with me uh, because he was great. <laughs> uh, and we just moved around the world and I just searched and searched and searched for a solution. Mm-hmm. And it took me many years to really get this whole package together. Um, but it took me a year or two to get better myself with the help of a lot of different holistic healers. And then I also started uh, studying to become an angel healer, a life coach, an intuitive coach. What else have I done? Um, a Reiki master. And then the last bit was I became a journey practitioner, which helps me heal people's trauma and emotions. So now I feel I've got the whole package from being a medical doctor at one side over emotional healing and a life coach can do the mental part. And then I have the spiritual healing. So I, I now do a very holistic healing on people because I feel that when people are in burnout, it affects all aspects of your life. So I, I heal people, I, I boost their energy physically and I give them better time management. I help them heal their relationships. I help them find their life purpose. Then I teach them how to balance their life, no matter what life throws at you, because that changes over life, depending what phase you go through. And last but not least, I also connect them with their own higher consciousness so that they can really make wise decisions aligned with their soul. Because ultimately, I want people to be balanced in mind, body, and soul. Mm. So yeah, that was a big rant. But yeah, that that is like the short version. <laughs> yeah, I can only imagine for an entire year you felt physically drained, mentally drained. You said, you know, your relationships were suffering. You felt bullied even because of these kind of handicaps. And then like really psychologically uh, tormented, like you're having trouble sleeping. It sounds like you went through a really dramatic shift in your life where you relinquished your job, you moved, you went through all kinds of doctors and programs. I mean, what can somebody do if they're kind of feeling 
pretty burnt out not maybe not to that point of just entirely 100% fatigued but certainly there are some signs showing up what what can people do if they're kind of seeing those signs of burnout well i think often it's the environment that sees the signs i get quite a lot of phone calls like from people saying my wife really needs your help but she doesn't want to accept help and vice versa i get females phoning and saying my husband should really go to your program but he doesn't want to so it's often the environment i think that will pick on up on it earlier than the people themselves but even if they recognize oh i'm really exhausted and you're you know you're young i mean i would always do also some health checks if i think like they haven't been investigated to make sure there's no physical reason, of course, because every day I see people who are anemic or have low thyroid function. I mean, we have to rule that out first because those things are easy to fix. But once there's no physical cause and then we deal with the lack of sleep, of course, uh, and then I give lots of, I mean, I think having a good supplementation is probably step number one and making sure you have good sleep hygiene is probably step number two i have a freebie on my website the 10 uh, commandments of well sleeping that people can get there for free that is the first start because then you put your body already in a better place and if you're still struggling then mentally or emotionally you probably need some help because honestly if your body if your mind has created a problem you cannot fix it yourself usually because it's your mind that has created the problem so you probably need like some a coach or a counselor of some sorts to help you point out like why where your thinking is not helping you where it's actually a negative influence in your own life i mean there will be people who go through negative times in their life where then their thinking is so negative that they need somebody else to kind of wake them up and smack them out of it because it's hard to do that on your own, I think. Accept help actually is a big thing because especially in the people who get burnout are the ones who always think they have to do everything themselves. Mm -hmm. They have to be perfect at everything and they really don't trust other people with the jobs that they're doing because they're quite critical and demanding. So it will be tough for those people to accept help so first I say like, accept you have a problem. Second, learn to accept help. For instance, in my case, when I was a young mother and working, the first thing we should have done was get help like a house, housekeeper or a cleaner or something, because that's something that you can offload of the many jobs you have when you're a parent with young children and you're still trying to have a career. Um, secondly, uh, for professionals with children, and even if you're not working, you need some time off with your partner. So I really am a strong believer in date night, whether your child is a week old or 10 years old, you can always, you always need to rekindle every single week, give attention to your partner, in my opinion, because they are on your side. And they're your support system and you need support when you're going through this phase of life because it's hard work being a parent and still trying to be an entrepreneur or a professional or um, whatever you're doing a healthcare worker those are the ones that i see also are often uh, in burnout because it's those jobs where they care 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 for everybody else but mm -hmm. forget to care for themselves so that's another recommendation is prioritize self-care. 
So it's a lot of people think, oh, no, I can't put time or money in myself because it all has to go for my kids' schooling or whatever they're saving up for. But that is completely, I mean, you know, it's, it's very honorable. But imagine the mother or the parent or whoever you are, the, the adult is the, like the captain of the boat of your family or of your business. Or if you're a doctor, you are the one who takes care of your patients. If you don't take care of yourself, who's going to take, I mean, who's going to take care of your family? So people need to learn to prioritize their own needs and it's not selfish to care for yourself. So this is my mantra. Self-care is not selfish mm. because if you're not in a good place and condition physically, emotionally and mentally, you're not a good parent, you're not a good boss, you're not a good doctor, nurse, whatever your function is in life. Otherwise, you can't perform if you're not in good shape. And uh, you do everybody else a disservice by not self-caring. And that might mean taking half, you know, having massage everywhere, every month or a pamper session here or there or saying, I'm not cooking tonight. I'm just going to lie in the grass. Uh, <laughs> I mean, anything, I'm just going to hug a tree. The things that you can do to make yourself feel better and recharge, you should just say to your environment, sorry, this is what I have to do. Like today, I spent an hour in the park next to the hospital, just sitting in the sun on a bench on my own. And it was lovely. And I looked at all the beautiful trees and I, and I took photos of them and I just enjoyed the time in nature. And you know what? Sometimes I get into trouble because at the moment I work for a hospital and they're my boss. In the daytime, I do the coaching in the nighttime and in the weekends. Sometimes they don't understand and they criticize me for that. But I feel, I strongly believe that it's my right on my own time to prioritize myself. Yeah. I didn't know that when I was a young doctor, I was always sacrificing myself, uh, my time and my energy for other people. But now I know that, you know, I come first, even if it's half an hour a day, I do something for me. And I now um, also listen to my body. When my body said, I'm tired, and I say to my kids, I'm sorry, I can't cook tonight. I'm tired. Just, you know, get takeaway. Once a week, they do that. Uh, and I can just say, sorry, guys, I'm too tired. I'm going to bed early. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and I, I learned that I had to learn that I didn't, I wasn't like that because I thought I had to be perfect when I was in my thirties. Why do you think so many of us put ourselves last and, you know, it, it takes something really drastic to wake us up to that? Yes, why? I mean, it's probably cultural. It's probably, I mean, for women, it comes natural to be the carer and the nurturer mm-hmm. and the giver. Otherwise, I don't know, it must be coming from our upbringing somehow. I mean, I remember, because I mean, childhood trauma plays an enormous role in how we act as adults. Or I mean, I call it trauma, but it's just childhood uh, experiences. Because I still come from a generation where where I was told children should not be seen or heard. So I was always put like in the dark hallway because my parents were not interested in having me around. So clearly I learned at at an early age, like I'm not important. I should just disappear. And the only, so I probably made myself important by being useful to other people. 
who would then say like, oh, you so thank you so much for doing this for me or helping. That was done outside of my family probably or being the perfect child in school and then I got attention from the teachers. So I guess I looked for the love I didn't get in my family by achieving and pleasing. Yeah, people pleasing is a big one. By pleasing other people and thinking like, oh, at least these people see me. If I help other people, at least they see me and they acknowledge that I exist. So maybe that's where it comes from. What do you think? Do you have any similar experiences? Yeah, I mean, you did mention kind of this idea of perfection. And, you know, it's as if we if we achieve perfection, then we'll get that attention that we wanted or, or that we needed when we were a child. I'm wondering what your relationship with perfection is now. Oh, okay. So... It's completely different because you should see my office now at the moment. <laughs> I, it's not a priority for me anymore. No. I mean, survival is number one, you know, with my kids. I've got three teenagers and their rooms are a mess. <laughs> and I've just completely given up on that. And I just like, I only like raise my voice once a year and it's when they're about to die. Then I would scream like, don't walk under that car or don't, you know, fall out of the room, uh, out of the window or something. You know, it's just like they're alive, they're safe, they're happy. There's no cockroaches in the house or rats. <laughs> so for the rest, I think we're okay. So it's not a priority. Of, I, mean, I mean, to be alive and happy is more important than to have the most perfect house that's always tidy. When you have small kids, it's just impossible. I tried it. I tried picking up the whole time in one corner and then your child just throws out the Lego blocks in the other corner. <laughs> yeah. It's just like unstoppable mess when you have kids. So I gave up on that. And I also have four pets. So that, that adds to the mess. And I mean, I appreciate their presence more than what I, I don't get upset about the mess anymore. I just like pick it up when I can. And my cats, they're wonder free in the forest around us. So they're actually very clean animals. They now and then bring in a mouse or a rabbit, which I have to pick up. Hmm. Oh, yeah. I, I accept that's part of their nature. And I just say, thank you for the present, but it's not really necessary. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, it sounds like you really shifted in how you think about what you want and what your life looks like now yes part of me still has to behave according to the expectations of society because every day i work as a specialist as a surgeon in the hospital and they really would think it's strange if i would arrive in my yoga outfit which honestly is the most comfortable outfit i have <laughs> But I still dress up for the occasion every day to look professional. But that's not my nature, actually. I mean, I would, I would love to hang out in flip-flops and a, and a beachy outfit or something like that mm. the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I still do it because of society's expectations. Got it. Because, Got it. yeah, that's just, uh, that's, what I, that's what I do. That's the role I play to pay the bills. So, yeah. 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 And in your program, the burnout program, one module is about being productive and eliminating things that take up a lot of time so that you have more time to yourself and more time to do things that you love. Mm -hmm. I'd love to hear more about that, that aspect of, you know, recovering from burnout. Yes. Um, so 
I know from working with clients, they waste a lot of time on things that are not important. So I think you, when you get your wake up call, you realize what's really important to, to you. And if you're exhausted and on the verge of burnout, you need to prioritize yourself and you need to like, maybe, I mean, like me, I have, I have the job that pays the bills. So that is a priority because I'm a single parent. So I take that very seriously. But, and I love, but at, apart from that, when I'm tired, as I already said, I will give myself time to sleep in, to give my body the rest it needs. Uh, not every day, of course, but on a Saturday morning, I just don't plan anything else. I just say to my body, here you go. You've worked hard this week to sleep as long as you like. That's one of the things that I do. And I have regular massages. Once a week, I give myself a pamper session. But that's my priority. But I mean, that's just, just takes an hour a week or something. But the time created teaches you how to prioritize because sometimes people don't know what is really important and urgent. And then they have to like stop doing the things that might be fun, like watching a Netflix series, but it's not important and it's not urgent. So if they want to create more time to do something like, for instance, do an online program for which you have to watch one video a, a week, which takes an hour and do some homework or some fun work. They often think they don't have time for that. But yes, I mean, you can stop. You, you can like either get up an hour earlier every day or you can listen to it while you're commuting somewhere or you can listen to it while you're walking your dog or you can listen to it before you fall asleep because a lot of people they watch stimulating like movies or youtube things before they go to bed and that's why they don't sleep that well because it stimulates your mind and your mind will be overactive and give you all these wild dreams mm -hmm. Well, if you rather listen to a guided meditation before you go to bed and you turn off all the blue lights and you read a book rather, then your sleep will be a lot better and easier. That's one of the tricks. Um, there's a lot more. This is about sleeping. You were asking about time management. So, so I teach them the prioritizing grit. And then I developed that even into a four-dimensional thing, uh, object, where you not only prioritize what's important and urgent, but also what would be best for your family in the long run, or if you don't have a family, what choice would be best for you in the long run. So think a little bit longer down the line. I teach people also how to plan everything really well. So I, I teach people to have a five-year vision, but then a one-year plan, a monthly plan, and a weekly plan and my weekly plan I still do it and I look at it every day I do three things that are really important to me and imagine if you have to juggle work exercise and taking your kids to school and shopping and whatever what I what I teach them is called the pink cloud I don't like particularly driving or commuting so I try to fit in everything I have to do in a circular route so that I only, I leave the house in the morning and I drop the kids and go to work and do my errands and collect the kids and get back home all in one circle rather than like driving, doing three routes a day to do things. So I do it all in one circular move. And also before I leave, I always like visualize what I want my day to be like. 
not only when I wake up, I, I first start with gratitude. Gratitude, usually it's for myself, bed and my beautiful house and the fact that my kitty cat is there and I can cuddle it. But also um, I visualize what I want my day to be like. And I imagine like easy traffic and I visualize not too many patients and everybody's in a good mood at work and I get home in time. And yeah, today I had a really great visualization <laughs> before I went to work and then a lot of patients didn't show up. I mean, it sounds horrible, but my nurse asked me, she said, Dr. V, where are all, where are all the patients? And I laughed and I sit, <laughs> said like, I did a vanishing spell. <laughs> Because I'd been watching Harry Potter with my daughter the night before, so I was in the in the mood for the vanishing spell. And I laughed and I thought, like, yeah, this really works, you know. If you like visualize how you you want your day to be like lighter and easy, because I'm not looking for hardship anymore. I've worked hard enough and struggled hard enough in the first part of my life. So I now really look for like an easy day without complications, without obstructions, without conflict. That's what I visualize. Mm -hmm. And usually if I do that, that's what I get. And the days that I forget to put that out there and visualize it and send that ahead of me as this is what I would like my day to be like, then I have a lot more conflict and problems and struggles. So it, for me, it works. I mean, it's just like one of those, trick, those tips but there's a lot more to time management. I mean, I did a three-day, I do a three-day course on time management and I've got a very good YouTube video, which is an hour of instructions how entrepreneurs and professionals can manage their time better. Um, yeah, you can get that on my YouTube channel. It's, it's, uh, there's lots to it. It's good stuff. Yeah. How do you yourself balance your time? Because you you work as a doctor and you're also a coach and you show people how to how to deal with burnout five days a week i work as a doctor i have the weekend to do my passion my passion job my mission that's when i do most of my coaching and in the evenings mm -hmm. so because i've got teenagers they don't need me that much anymore so i, I get to spend time with them between my day job and my creative night i make them nice dinner every day that's the time that we have time as a family yeah for me the whole coaching and the burnout is my mission so it's not work mm -hmm. so whenever i have time to spend on helping people and creating uh, teachings and, and online programs and stuff like that it's just not work for me so it's more like a hobby and and it's fun so it's not work for me because i feel like i'm living my purpose when i'm doing that mm. Yeah. And I love writing. That's why I've already like published two books. I, I I could choose with some more. If I would have more time, I would even write more. Uh, it will happen one day, I'm sure. So if I take a week off, I hope to take my kids on a holiday for the week, then they will be doing that thing and I'll probably be writing and creating and enjoying it. Yeah, so you really kind of have uh like a a plan like every day in the daytime it's work in the evenings it's coaching weekends you get to do your hobby which is coaching and helping others it's pretty kind of time blocked yeah yeah i think that's necessary especially if you're somebody who doesn't have a boss in hours you can lose a lot of time unless you've planned it out ahead and say 
uh, okay, I've got a few coaching clients, but that hour I will create a blog and that hour I will do some social media. And you really have to limit your time and block it out. Otherwise you can get lost. Don't, I mean, I know it's possible to get lost unless you really plan it ahead. And I have my day planned. I normally plan it a week in ahead, the whole week ahead. So I make sure I make small steps forward, forwards towards my goals and also tick off some of the boring jobs I have to do, but not too many in one day. So I spread it out a little bit. Yeah. But it's very satisfying if you write everything down. Not, I don't believe in big to-do lists because it's too overwhelming. So it's important to plan these things ahead because otherwise it's not going to happen. So you need to book your massage every month or every week, whatever you want to do it. You need mm-hmm. to book yourself a time off, whether it's running or swimming or just walking, whatever makes you happy. You need to book it in your weekly schedule and then you need to say to your family, to your partner and say, sorry, this is really important to me. You need to understand this is what I need to stay sane and physic." And you will see you'll rather have a happy wife <laughs> than one that's burned out. So mm-hmm. uh, you need to have the conversation with your environment and say, this is what I need. And if they love yeah. you, they will accept it and say, yeah, good for you. Go for it. I will take the kids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So really making sure to plan for it because you do need to take care of yourself and that's not just a one-time thing it's a regular thing it could be weekly uh, monthly just depending on what what you like and what you need yes if your petrol tank is empty i mean if your energy tank tank is empty you can't do anything anymore you can't be of any use to anybody in your life so you need to regularly fill up that tank um that is so essential and i think a lot of women don't realize it and they just like give everything and then they just run on empty and then bloom. yeah yeah the wake-up call comes yeah. yeah and in back to your program there's another module that's called find your life purpose mm-hmm. and understandably when you're burnt out it can be hard to even think past like, Oh, how can I get through this week? When is the right time to really, to really sit down and say, okay, I've taken care of my physical needs. I'm getting enough sleep. I'm eating well, maybe now's the time to address the purpose and and feeling fulfilled because a lot of times I think that burnout comes from a place of feeling unfulfilled hmm yeah it, it might just be what you need to wake up that you're not on the the road that you chose as a soul mm-hmm. so that's that gives conflict between what your heart longs for and what your mind thinks you have to do so that's why i talk about this alignment of body mind and soul is very important okay yeah and it's tough because i also think like as we grow through the decades of course it's going to be something different regularly because when the first 10 years or 20 years of our life we're just students there's not much more purpose than learn uh, for most people unless they have to like care for a dying parent but that, that's exceptional usually it's just more learn and explore and see it's a very important time that because when you're born you're naturally attracted to certain things and you so often you forget that because your parents 
say like, oh my God, just stop talking about becoming a fashion designer. You're never going to make a living like that. So you start, just take a job that, you know, gives you an income. And it, it happens a lot. Like in Asian countries, like everybody tells their kids they have to be doctor or or a computer engineer and these these people never get the opportunity to really think like what do i want like there is this the social structure and the fam familial pressure can be very hard on a lot of people so they end up studying and working a job they're really not their soul really doesn't like then comes the wake-up call so burnout can be the thing that finally makes you wake up but it would be better if we would do it earlier and then you can think if you have to take time of work because you're too exhausted and uh, and you were underperforming at your job and you either quit or you were fired that's the time to think like what would i really like to do because it doesn't mean you have to go back in the same profession this is an opportunity to just think like you want to study something else or Oh, I always wanted to be fat. Uh, if I mm. feel like studying to be a fat, but maybe I can become an assistant for a fat or something. There's lots of opportunities. Really think like, what do I love? What makes me happy? There's so many people, like for me, fashion made me happy, uh, but healing also makes me happy. So it was not a bad decision. Uh, yeah, it's really a time to really listen to your heart and say, what did I like as a child? That's not what did I dream of becoming as a child? What am I naturally good at? And even ask your friends and think like, what do other people come to me for? I might, you might be extremely good at, I don't know, knitting or woodwork or something. And other people ask you for help. That is your natural talent. It, but it's not only your talent. It has to be something that you really enjoy doing so that if you can do that and monetize that, which is your sole purpose, then it's not work anymore because you just feel fulfilled by doing it, whether you get paid or not. That's a good question. What would you do if you didn't need the money? Let's say you have 100 million in the bank and so you don't need to work for money. What would you do? What would you really love doing? Because after you've traveled the world and done all the cruises and sat on the beach for a year, that wears off after a while. So you will then think like, oh, what would I do with this time? What would it really be like juicy for me? I often ask myself the question if I would be in lots of millions, I would like to go back to the underdeveloped world and help with eye surgery, like what I did in, when I lived in Africa. I did outreach programs where I drove with my car to these tiny little villages in the desert where there are lots of blind people that are operated in the weekends and they were completely blind. And then at the end of the weekend, they were singing and dancing because they hadn't seen their family for years and they could suddenly see that was so satisfying for me to make such a big difference in people's life. So that was giving physical clarity, but I also like helping people getting that emotional clarity and spiritual clarity, mm. like who, who they really are. I love helping people to find who they really are and then finding a way to stand in the world as themselves and be okay with it and not, no longer having to hide who they are, but being brave enough just to be who they are and even be successful like that. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't that be cool if we could all, you know, get paid for who we really are and, and be accepted for who we really are? Right, right. So 
I love that you're kind of taking burnout and reframing it as that opportunity to connect with who we are because burnout happens when we're disconnected from that and things are just going in a direction that isn't aligned with who we are and really asking those questions of what would I do if money were no object or what did I love to do as a child that, you know, it's not like I don't love anymore. I still love it, but I just maybe don't get the chance to do it. Oh, that's yeah. important. It's important to bring the joy back also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then after that, the next part in the program is balancing your life. What does it mean to have a balanced life? Well, I've seen it a lot that people, for instance, men, they think like if I provide enough money to my family, I'm being a good partner and father to my kids. So they focus on working lots of hours, bringing in a lot of money, but they are not and providing a maybe a big house and a fancy car, but they're not present. They're not present for their partner. They're not present for their children. They're not there for the important moments. So that's a life that in their eyes might look like they're doing the right thing, but it's completely out of balance because they, their partner will you know, like think like, oh my God, I have to look for attention somewhere else. Their kids will feel like they have no father. It's not, that's not the right idea. So a balanced life, in my opinion, for men and for women is to put the same amount of energy in every aspect of your life and some people say there's like six parts of your life but i do eight parts of my life it's it's quite an intense exercise i mean you can do a whole day workshop on finding out where are you in each aspect of your life and you give it a score and then you look at the ones that are really undernourished the parts so for instance at the moment i'm just going to use myself as an example for instance I don't have a love love partner in my life per se. I don't have a, a, a partner because my husband died. But I still score myself at least 50% in love because I have three lovely children and four lovely pets. <laughs> so I feel like I have plenty of love in my life. So it's like, okay, that's like 50%. Um, and I mean, you go to all of these things like health-wise, where are you now? what's probably on the nourished with me is time with friends at the moment but i'm just going through this phase where i'm really trying to build my i mean launch my online program at the moment so that's that's acceptable it's not forever and i'm aware of that i i do look at that at least once a month because it changes as your life changes and sometimes you might be completely out of control. And if you're not well, well balanced, if one aspect of your life is not, it's like a lot more than all the other aspects. It's, mm-hmm. doesn't, it's not a smooth life because it's like a wheel that can't turn if it's out of balance. So I teach people to really think about what are you giving too much energy and which parts are you giving too little energy and then spread the time and energy a little bit better so that you create a nice balanced circular life that can run smoothly because you need every part to be working well in order to have a balanced life rather than just one part going well and the rest being crappy so that's what yeah and i think it's easier to just focus on one aspect of life and really go after that 
and then kind of leave the rest of the wayside, which leaves us feeling that sense of unfulfillment and kind of a a sense of wanting more for ourselves because we deserve, you know, a balance, like a whole life, not just, Mm -hmm. you know, work, 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 or it's just about family or it's just about one thing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Everybody needs all these aspects. And um, a, a lot of people have forgotten a lot of these things, but it's, it's important. For instance, I also believe that so, uh, study like or self-development is important because if you don't grow, you can just wither. Mm-hmm. That's one part that some people completely ignore. And then, yeah, they become really boring people. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I mean, it's not up to me to judge. But I try to just to open people's mind to say like, hey, you might be really good at it and you put all your time and effort in this part of your life. But what about the rest? Are you feeling fulfilled? Isn't there something missing? And they say, yeah, yeah. I mean, the best example is the guys who work hard and end up with a divorce. And then they think like, what have I done wrong? I've worked so hard and provided so much money, but they didn't spend time with their family. Right, right. And it's much it's much easier when we kind of realize that up front before mm-hmm. beforehand so that we can plan for success in, in all aspects. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I'm intrigued by this last module you have that's called higher consciousness. How do we connect to like a, a higher consciousness and how do you connect with it? Oh, that's a whole book on its own. <laughs> In my, my memoir, My Surgeon Talks to Angels, that is uh, the subtitle is A Journey from Science to Faith. Some people are religious and some people are not. So you have to talk to all of these different people that might be listening because it's easy for religious people to say, I'm connecting to God or to talking to Jesus or connecting with source or the universe or there's all these different versions and then the psychology and Europe psychology talks about higher consciousness other people talk about subconsciousness but that's not the same I'm talking about higher consciousness which is like the biggest self like for instance people are really good at meditating and all these Buddhist monks that have been doing it for years and I have had these experiences myself where you lose you you get the sensation that you're not your body that's number one and you get this you become like this unlimited being or light or energy you're just energy and as a form of energy you connect with everybody else on the planet everything else in the universe and you connect with past present and future like there is no boundaries so you just are that's the, I guess this is also like I am and being in the now. So it's a very, very broad subject and lots of different ways of explaining it. It's basically through meditating, through dropping all of the boundaries and becoming this big, big, big being that you are, this form of energy which is connected to everything. Once you have that experience, you can really, it's hard to go back to being selfish or egotistical or narcissistic because you know we're all connected so whenever you hurt somebody else you're really hurting yourself Mm -hmm. so yeah it makes you it really makes you completely different person you think differently about everything and 
your mind is really open. And, and that is kind of a very evolved form. I think when they talk about spiritual awakening, it's a bit similar. There's so many different words for the same thing. So it's hard for me to really give the short version of this. You have to kind of experience it mm-hmm. and practice. I do journey work where we connect people to source energy and it's a very deep experience and where people have this experience just through talking them through um, a meditation with hypnosis and NLP and not everybody gets it right the first time but a lot of people do and it's a very very nice experience that I do one-to-one with people. Mm, I see yeah really feeling that connection because once you do you can't unfeel it yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah do you do anything specifically every day to remind yourself of this who you know i'm such an open person i'm i'm an empath i was born so open that i had to learn how to close myself off from too many experiences rather Mm -hmm. um so yeah. Yeah. I see. I see. So that, that was there was never a problem for me to be to be open. It's more like not to be drained by how much is going on in the invisible world. Or I mean, me, I can pick up a headache from anybody else who sits next to me. Or I can get chest pains because somebody behind me is having a chest problem or even thinking about somebody who has a chest problem. <laughs> so I can such an empath that I pick up on so many things from other people. I had to learn like to be more, have boundaries. And sometimes when I, when I walked into my previous workplace, which had very negative energy, I just asked for an angel of um, an army of angels to walk with me. So I couldn't be surrounded by positive energy and I didn't have to pick up the negative energy that hangs in certain buildings or places or or groups of people. Mm. So for me, it's more about protection because the openness is here already. So yeah, there's two, two versions, but I think the people who listen to you are probably more the open type, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, wanting to connect and open more, yeah. What I gather from what you're saying is that you're, you're aware of who you are and what is happening around you and to be aware of those boundaries that you have and asking for that kind of help in that way yeah yeah Vila, thank you so much for sharing your tips and tricks on how to deal with burnout your own experiences around it and i think the most beautiful thing was that burnout is an opportunity to reconnect with yourself and do the things that bring you joy Absolutely. Yeah, that it, that's it. It shows you what you don't like, so you can start thinking about what you do like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Thanks so much for coming on the show. It was my absolute pleasure. So nice meeting you.